Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, welcome everybody to a very, very fun run. Down. I'm stepping in for Sam. We fired him because he fucking sucks. No. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, Sam's out of here. We got rid of that bum. He's cooked. No, I don't know why I'm doing this. Sam couldn't do it. I don't know why. Um, but I stepped in. So uh, I'm very happy to be doing this because we get to recap what it was a really super fun and enjoyable game. Uh, the Knicks lose to the Wizards. 116-105. Um, I don't know how we're supposed to do this. Am I supposed to do like a Patreon read now or anything? Or we just talk? I mean, we start off with the uh, just summary of the game. Um we can start with how everybody fucking sucked to prefer Brunson and um, IKEA. No, I don't agree. I don't agree. I think Brunson sucked. I think Brunson sucked to start this game. I thought he was terrible to start this game. Okay, and fair. I think the entire offense was terrible to start this game. And they had 14 assists tonight. The Knicks had 14 assists tonight compared to 28 for the Wizards. Yes, the Wizards shot well from three. But just look at the sequences they were putting together compared to the sequences we were putting together. And not just that... Like, I don't think Wes Unsell Jr. is a particularly great coach, but, like, he does really very basic things, you know, in, in terms of, like, the NBA in 2023, where it's like, okay, we're going to start big with Gafford at the five. Then we're going to try Porzingis at the five, make you play five out. Then we'll go with, like, Hachimura and do some weird shit. Like, just trying different stuff to make things challenging for your opponent has value. And the Knicks were stuck in quicksand the entire game. There's no ball movement. There's no player movement. They couldn't move the ball around. And they didn't try anything. They just kept doing the same thing. We're going to play with a five. Okay, we're going to play with five. Great. Then what are we going to do? We're going to – like, you just take turns. Everything is just a take take your turn. I don't even blame the players really at this point because, like, it seems like they're running what Tibbs has decided they should do. And there are going to be stretches where Brunson is cooking and Randall is cooking and RJ is cooking and IQ is cooking. And it doesn't matter because they're all making enough shots that we're good to go. But in a game like this tonight where Julius did not have any, first of all, he just looked exhausted. Second of all, he didn't have any juice on his jumper. So why don't you try? Just consider putting him at the five for a little bit earlier in the game and seeing if that can get him going. Seeing if that can get the whole offense going. Yeah, you might get shit on on the boards. Okay, you couldn't score the basketball. That's the point. You cannot. You could not score the basketball tonight. Find a way to score the basketball. Did you do it? No, you didn't do it until it was too late. Until it was forced upon you because Isaiah Hartenstein was so fucking dog shit. You were going to put him back to the game, and Jericho Sims was fouled out. It, it took all of that for him to just try a small ball lineup on a night where he didn't have Mitchell Robinson. I, I, I don't know what to say about that. It's, it's mind boggling to me for a coach to be that rigid about that shit in 2023. Yeah, I just, like, I, w- I didn't like the small ball lineup in the fourth quarter. I feel like at that point, even though you needed offense, like, you weren't getting stops, and then they just got killed on the offensive rebounding glass. Like, there were two separate stretches where, like, the Wizards got, like, three offensive rebounds in a row, and they were breaking them, which sucks. But, like, they were just dominating the paint in the, um, in the fourth quarter. I feel like in the third quarter – when poor things came out of the game, I feel like there was a stretch where you definitely could have gone to a small ball lineup in order to try to bridge that gap, especially when they cut the lead to nine at one point. Um, but yeah, I just kind of feel like the rigidity sucks. The rigidity of the coach sucks. Um, and it also sucks that like this team's shooting has dipped just so drastically. Uh, I feel like Grimes had a really good shooting night, but aside from that, like 0-4 from um, RJ, 0-5 from Julius. 
uh, quickly for all the um, improvement he's made inside the arc, which is really good to see. Two six from three, two three from Brun um, Jalen Brunson, which is nice, but three threes in, the, in our Lord's year 2023, like not the best sample size. It just kind of sucks that like, this team really can't shoot. Um, they're going to need an upgrade in that area. They're, they need a gunner, and it can't be Evan Fournier because he bleeds all of his points back on defense. So I don't know how they're going to get that, but, like, yeah, it, it's – there's just nothing to take away from this game except for the fact that Emmanuel quickly is special and should be cherished and loved. Um, Again, I just yeah. – 14 assists. Yeah. I, I, I can't, like – this is not like this is like, no it's it's i mean i've been saying that for a while but like forget sustainable this isn't like Basketball. what this isn't what you should be striving for or like this should not be like i don't know i i feel like there are people who watch this stuff and they're like well we're winning and it's like yeah we're winning like can, like can we try to be better can we try to win better and like I'm watching these games, and it's like I've been saying this even when they were on a like a when they were winning eight in a row, when they were when they got back on a winning streak. I was saying it then. You can't like the offense is so segmented. It's so fucking like okay, like like we talk about quickly, right? Quickly goes off in the fourth quarter. That's great. The like the second quarter when he's running point allegedly. He comes up the floor. Him or Deuce comes up the floor, and they just toss it to RJ, and RJ goes against a set defense and like that's the play for like six straight possessions like why like what what is the point of that like and who is that benefiting does that uh, if anything i think it leads to like it reinforces bad habits for rj it doesn't get anybody else involved you've got all like what is the point of obi toppin like i don't understand you have him playing okay he's on the floor he's physically on the floor he's playing you don't do anything with it like he's he didn't get used in screen. He got used in like a DHO today, a couple of times. That that's like about it. There's nothing run for him. They don't push the pace when he's on the floor. And this is the other infuriating thing. You're down. You're down 15, like 12 consistently at the at the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter. You're like the only time they push the pace was at the start of the fourth quarter when they cut the lead to seven. Okay, the, you're down. Why are you running? There was an infuriating possession. I think it was they actually got so they got a stop uh, down seven with the ball, and instead of like just flowing into something, they ran some like pick and roll for quickly that went nowhere, and then he had to give it to Deuce, and then Deuce got it stripped from him. And it's like, you why are you running a set play there? You, you are just having success with like just ro- flowing into shit. And I, I don't know. I, I just can't. I, I really don't understand some of it. And by the way, at this point, remember all that stuff? Oh, the Knicks are playing faster. The Knicks are down to coming in tonight. Yeah, they're 26, at least on basketball reference, uh, in pace. Like, so so we're not actually evolving. What we have done is we have found better players to play the slow, methodical half-court game that is generally what Tibbs has liked to do throughout his career as a coach. Um, and I just want to read these out because I... I I think this is like probably worth saying. Okay. Uh, so today the Knicks had 14 assists, right? Uh, as a team against the Raptors, the Knicks had 17 assists in a overtime game. <laughs> 
in the Pistons game, the Knicks had 17 assists against the Wizards last Friday. They had 15 assists. Uh, and against the Pacers, the game before that, they had 21 assists, which is, so that's their high. In the last five games, they have 21 assists once. That's their high. Like, you're not, I'm sorry, you're just not going to win a lot of basketball games if nobody is moving the ball and you're not sharing the ball. They had 16 assists against the Bucks. The game before that, uh, against the Raptors, the game before that, they had 19 assists. Like, this is dog shit. This is not good. This is just like, like, yeah, you can get away with that when Brunson has a player of the week level of play or Randall goes off on a heater for a month or RJ is cooking before he gets hurt. Like you can get away with this stuff because your players do have the ability at random at times to go on extended runs of just like individual great shot making. It's not going to work at a, a level that you're, I mean, look, I assume that everybody his goal at some point is to try to develop into a contending team. And I don't think that playing some like heavy ball movement, player movement offense is all of a sudden going to morph us into a contending team. But like you have to start doing that shit to eventually get there. And there's benefits to it. Like, like, I'm sorry. I, I reject the idea that this is just who Obi Toppin is. And uh, the Knicks should just cut bait and trade. Like, yeah, maybe they should trade him. But you're you're trying to tell me that they couldn't increase his value if he was more involved offensively? Or, like, a guy like Quentin Grimes can't do more than he is offensively? Or that Emmanuel Quickly, a guy who's had triple doubles and all this type of shit, all of a sudden can't pass the ball anymore? And Jalen Brunson is, like, this in, like black hole of... Like, no, like, th- this is systemic. This is a systemic thing. And these are the results of choices that Tibbs is making in terms of how he wants to run his offense. There are pluses to it and there are downsides to it. The pluses are, I think the defense has improved broadly speaking because they get back. They're more set all the time. And I get that, but I think ultimately to get to the next level, like, I don't know. I just don't see how Tibbs is going to be the one to get you there because you know, he, he, he's kind of showing you exactly what he is as a coach in terms of his rigidity schematically and with lineups and how he wants to play. Um, and maybe that's fine for this season. That's fine for this front office, but like as a fan, um, and as somebody who thinks that the talent level on this team is better than consensus, I guess it's probably safe to say, I I really don't think that he's doing a particularly, I don't think he's doing a terrible job or a bad job, but I don't think he's doing a great job. I don't, I don't, I think he's doing an average job at best. Yeah. I think what I would say at this point is like, he's able to maximize his team. But the maximization of this team is in terms of like relying on insane shot making and elite offensive rebounding, which is not a sustainable offensive system. It's nice to see the limits of it push though, but at the same time, like you cannot rely on this for 82 games because nobody's gonna have 82 games of elite shot making. Um, you're gonna miss shots at some point. And then compound with compound that with the fact that you don't get your bench involved and you also don't have good shooting. Um you're basically relying on like insane two-point shot making, getting to the free throw line at a high clip, and then like maybe one or two guys going off for like five threes. It's not sustainable. It's not tenable. It's impressive that so far in the season, it gotten to a point where they're like top 11 in offense. 
and um, still like top ten in defense, I believe. I think they, they obviously dropped tonight, but um, yeah, they're eleventh in defense and they're ninth in offense. Wild uh, defense dropped tonight, but uh, yeah, like it 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 cannot work. It cannot work long term. Um, the fact that it feels like the trade that's eventually going to happen. I think we both agree that a trade is coming at some point. Like we've heard too much smoke. Um, the trade is basically there to like cover up the inconsistencies in the offense, and I don't feel like the trade is gonna like bolster the team significantly. But it also kind of feels like you're just getting a trade in order to get more bodies. Well, though, I mean, I think I think it could bolster it significantly in the sense of like some of these close losses become close wins, and you have games like tonight where maybe maybe a, a guy that can score a little bit more off the bench other than quickly gives you enough that you can bridge the gap. But like, it, like to me, like, so we talked about this, we disagree with this, but like the reason I'm interested, right. In somebody like Caruso who doesn't on paper address like scoring, obviously, but I think a guy like Caruso gives you more. Cons- like we saw Deuce do a nice pick and roll and set up Sims, but like, I mean, he's not giving you anything really offensively. And I'm not saying that Caruso necessarily would. I do think that he's a more consistent ball handler creator. And he's also somebody who just generally makes quick decisions with the ball, which I just think they need. Like they have too many guys that get the ball and it's pound, 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 pound. Okay. Swing it to somebody else. Pound, 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 swing it to somebody else. Like you need more guys that make quick decisions. That's something that stands about stands out about uh, Quentin Grimes. And I think that's why he's helped balance out the starting lineup. Um, but I also think that's something that Obi Toppin brings to the table, and it's something that they used last year, the second half of the year, and they've just completely gone away from it now. Like, I, I'm i honestly kind of like, I, I genuinely have no idea what that's about. It's very bizarre, um, and I think it ends up leading to Tibbs being like, to this, which Eric Fernandez said in, in, the, uh, in the chat here, comments, uh, Randall looked exhausted in the second quarter. Tibbs is killing these guys, man. Uh, I have some sympathy for Tibbs in terms of like, like as much as some of the systemic issues are part of this, he's kind of like, he, he's not getting much from a guy like Deuce, right? He's getting absolutely nothing from a guy like Hartenstein, which you can sit there and tell me about all the things that Tibbs isn't doing with him. This guy is just out there taking floaters and bricking them. And in bricking much, yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous to watch what he was doing today. Um, has no presence defensively at all, at all. So, like, he's not getting much from these guys. Obi is, I think that is on Tibbs, but whatever, he's not getting anything from him. So he kind of has to, like, it's like this weird catch-22 where it's like, I'm not getting anything from them. I have to go back to Randall and Brunson and just ride them and see if they can get me across the finish line. And, like, I have some sympathy for that, but, no, I agree with you. I think tonight was a really great example of it where, like, I don't know if it's an accumulation of all the minutes he's been playing lately or what, but, like, he just didn't have it tonight. Julius didn't have it. And that happens. Like, and instead of kind of accepting that and maybe just like, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen coaches bench players much better than Julius in individual games. And it's not a big crisis. Like, is it really a crisis if he had gone to Randall in that fourth quarter and been like, look, you're fucking exhausted. Let's get you right for Friday. And you know, whatever. Like if you can't have that conversation as a coach or it's too controversial, like, I don't know. I, I only it didn't seem like Randall was too excited to be out there. So would he have taken offense to that? Be like, hey, look, I just want to see what Obi can give me tonight and we'll see what happens, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I not and again, like I understand Obi wasn't exactly like dominating the game, not that he really 
you know, touch the ball ever. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's like if Randall doesn't have it on a given night, it's okay to just, you know, roll with that. Like, uh, or or again, you know, try something different. Like, what? Why? What is? What is the reason to not try Randall and Obi in a game like this together? What's the reason? Like, what exactly are we? What is the reason for that? I, I have no idea. Yeah, uh, it beats me. I don't know. Like. We are trying to match up with Daniel Gafford, of course. Um, I just, I just find myself scratching my head a lot, and like I just, like you can tr- you can mix up more lineups. I mean, I've talked about like how I feel about small ball, but at the same time, like I'm willing to give it a shot in situations where you're down 15 and you might as well just try something. Not in the fourth quarter, but like. When you're like trying to make a run and then you go small and then like they dominate into glass and that's like your last gas. But like, yeah, like in the third quarter they absolutely could have tried it, especially when Sims wasn't really giving you much, and they were basically bodying him up in the paint anyway. So like, uh, I just feel frustrated watching this game come. Just like I don't, there's nothing to take away aside from the fact that like this team just kind of got bopped for no reason. They came out flat. But, uh, but like that, I, I can't blame them for coming out flat because they're playing so many minutes, but at the same time, they're playing so many minutes because like the bench is untenable and it just kind of feels like a lot of room. But he doesn't try anything. So like like okay, the they came out flat. He didn't make a sub until they were down twelve with seven minutes, with seven minutes gone in the first quarter. And you could tell within the first two minutes that they were flat. Yeah. Like what is the reason to not make a sub earlier than your designated ordained time? There isn't a reason. That's just Tibbs being Tibbs. Like, there's times where that there is a value to that. We've seen that lately, right? The starting lineup has been really, really good together. So, like, there's there's value to that. But then there's also value in understanding what the game is today and and adjusting. Like, they didn't have that shit today, man. So you punted. They punted the first, the start of each half. And if you really think about it, that was basically the game. He punted the first seven minutes of, of the first quarter which they were down 12 by the time he made us up, okay? And he punted the first five or six minutes of the third quarter with Hartenstein in, and the lead had ballooned from 8 to 15. So that's, what, 19 points, basically, that you just gave away at the start of the the first five or six minutes of each half? That's the game. That's the whole fucking game. And then you're going to sit there and be like, oh, well, the bench doesn't give me anything. You're putting your bench, which isn't giving you anything, in a really shitty position then, aren't you? And, like, like, okay, your bench isn't giving you anything. Would there be people on your bench? Like, I don't know. Would would Deuce McBride benefit from... Would, would he be able to be hidden more if he's playing next to Brunson, RJ, Randall in, for a little bit of a mini stretch at the start of the third quarter or something? Maybe. Maybe you could get away with that. And then you can have Grimes check back in sooner. Like, there's things you can try. We know he won't try them. And it's why talking about this team is frustrating because it's like there's literally no point in talking about adjustments like this. Like the fact that he's even gotten to where he is with the rotation is a minor miracle given the kind of blind faith he's shown the previous two seasons and stuff. So I I take that for I'm happy with that. But like, you know, a night like tonight just shows you the limitations of a coach who like, I I think I remember I, I can't believe I'm going to reference this. There was like this uh, 
don't know if you remember this. You probably don't. There's like this crazy Patriots Ravens playoff game in like 2014 or 2015 or something like that. I don't know what the fuck it was. Um, and like the Patriots, they were down, you know, like a touchdown, two touchdowns, whatever. And they just literally tried everything. Like they did everything you could possibly do to just move the ball, like trick plays, fucking fake punt, fake. Like they just did a bunch of shit and it, they ended up winning the game. Obviously there's no guarantee that it was going to work, but if you don't try anything, like in a game like this where the Wizards were just sitting on everything we were doing, that's part of the reason why I don't think even when we got drill penetration, there were passes open for threes or anything. They knew exactly what we were doing. They were positioned themselves accordingly. And that's what it was. Like there was there's no way to juice it. And then finally, when he went small, yeah, they gave up a billion offensive rebounds. But look at the shot quality they were getting after that. It was so much better. It was so much better. Um, and it's like you're throwing a curveball at a team. It's just, it was so late. And there was, and like to your point, like at that point, you're probably not going to win the game anyway. And given the fact that they have like Porzingis who can play five out um, while also giving you offensive rebounding. And then the fact that Julius was not hitting shit tonight, you kind of just didn't have a chance there. Also, um, like Julius was getting, um, like he was garbage on the boards. Like he was bad on the boards, man. And like, no, but he had like, plus today. On the boards? You're talking about RJ or you're talking about Randall? Randall. Oh, yeah. R- Randall had 15 plus boards today. Oh, please. Who cares? <laughs> he's a, like, dude, half of those boards were like such low quality boards. Like, he had seven offensive rebounds, and a lot of those came in garbage time. Like, he, had a, he had a couple of. Uh, I always like when he steals a rebound from like RJ or quickly. That's always funny to me because I'm just like, dude, really? Like, you, you got your money. Like, what are we doing here? Like he's doing Mel- like at least Mel would call it Alphers. Like he just walks up and like bumps some dude and they knock him to the floor and then he just gets the rebound. I'm like, you know, I, re- I appreciate the um, snap at, but like, like he had three offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter and it was basically a garbage time. Um, but yeah, I'm just there were good rebounds. Uh, no, he didn't have a good game today, but like, yeah, he, and he was ex- he was yeah, it happens. He's exhausted. And you're like the craziest thing, right? You take a timeout with what the hell was it? Like a minute five left. And he leaves the starters in. He leaves the same. Like, dude, just the game is over. It is over, bud. Like, call it and move on. And the Knicks should just never press because I've never seen a team that is so unprepared to do it. It's like they have no fucking concept of how to actually press a team when you're required to, which is its own, you know, that's its own I don't want to say indictment, but it is. It does say something about the rigidity of the coach that when you have to do a thing that's kind of like a basic requirement for any team in the NBA at certain points, they just have no ability to do it. I mean, they also gave up today, but um, no, I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just watched this team and it's like, like Grimes is a three. Next time down, Brunson drives in the paint. He has a pass to Grimes wide open in the corner. Instead of doing that, he turns back around and swings it back out to Julius for a three. And it's like, like I'll, I'll, you know, we can read this comment. Uh, this one is from Hawkeye four twenty. Brunson needs to pass more. How many times he got blocked and led to an immediate Wizards bucket? Um, yeah, look, I, I agree. I think Brunson's. I thought Brunson started off the game horribly. He had, I think he had nine shot attempts in the first quarter or something. Yeah, he did. It was, it was. It, it's like, dude, get somebody else involved here. Like, and somebody other than fucking Julius, please, for the love of God. I don't remember the last time he threw a lob to Mitch. I don't. I maybe I'm mistaken and I totally missed it happening in 
one of these games, but like, it just feels like that's not happening anymore. Uh, it feels like, honestly, it feels like him and Randall play like with blinders on for anybody, but each other half the time, other than if Julius wants to run like a dribble handoff with Grimes. He's not even running dribble handoffs to Grimes. Like I haven't seen that nearly enough as I thought I would. Yeah, well, I think he doesn't do it because Grimes doesn't come off that and pop as much, so he doesn't have an assist opportunity. And I'm not even saying that because I'm like, oh, Randall is selfish. I'm just saying, like, he runs that to try to get that man an open three. And if Grimes isn't just going to pull that shit, which I I probably wouldn't pull it if I were him either because apparently he's not allowed to shoot the ball half the time. Um, but, like, I think that's probably why they're not running as much. But you're right. They need to run that more. Um they should run that more with, with him. They should run that more quickly, especially because quickly and Grimes are showing that they can take that and not just shoot a three, but they can also use it to get into the paint and create for themselves, create for others. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just thought, I thought Brunson played an atrocious first quarter, to be honest. Like, I thought his defense was pathetic. He just wasn't bothering to, like, lock in on, uh, what the fuck's his name? Monty Morris, who isn't the greatest player in the world, but is a pretty damn good shooter. Um, Monte Morris, like, stripping him twice and then, like, wetting him up for three felt like a gunshot, and it shouldn't feel like a gunshot in the first quarter, but that's kind of what it felt like, so. Yeah, I mean, look, we're getting a lot of these comments, basically, right? Um, No ball movement, H22. No ball movement whatsoever again. I love JB, but I need more playmaking from him if the rest aren't going to do it. Um, I mean... Look, I again, I, I really am not saying this because, as far as I'm concerned, Isaiah Hartenstein can go fuck himself. Um, but like, if you look at his assist numbers from last year and you look at his assist numbers this year, it's a pretty obvious example of one, a player and a coach who are just terrible fits off of each other. Uh, but more importantly, like, he's it's a systemic thing. This low assist rate stuff is a systemic issue choice whatever you want to say it's a result of how tibbs is setting us up and i don't know i I just it is what it is it it bothers me endlessly i will probably talk about it forever but like i i I really don't understand the people that watch this stuff and they're just like well how can you expect him to do anything more or why would you do anything more we're winning this is why when we're just winning games it's okay to still be critical of like things that are happening with the team because you can win a basketball game and do things that are stupid. Like we, as Knicks fans, I really hope that we all know that because Lord knows we've seen plenty of it. Like the Knicks were winning a lot of basketball games. They're probably going to win a bunch more this year too. I don't think they're now completely fucked, but there are going to be nights where teams are just like, like you play a team on Friday, right? You play them again five days later. They have a good idea of like, what you want to do and how you want to do it and all that kind of shit. The Knicks didn't throw anything different at them. I don't know if the, I don't really know if the wizards did anything different other than the fact that like Bradley Beal existed today and they hit a bunch of threes. I genuinely speaking, I didn't really have a big problem with the defense other than the the start to the game. I thought for the most part, it was okay. Yeah. The problem with the start was like them hitting seven threes in the first quarter. And then like, Right. And half of them were like Kyle Kuzma doing step backs, falling away into the out of bounds line crowd. Like, like you can't control some of those threes. Yeah, and even like the mon- like there was like like De- Dylan Wright hit one where like 
quickly went under because they were clearly told to go under on Dylan Wright's screen. Like, okay, you live with that, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, I, again, the defense, what they, they scored 35 in the first quarter. They gave up 81 in the next three, like 81 and three quarters in the NBA in 2013 is, it's not great, but it's not bad. It's like average, maybe even slightly above average, to be honest. Um, but like, you know, there's something to be said of you never put pressure on them because your offense just could not get out of the mud. And I do think that, again, the inability to just try different shit or throw different things at them is a problem, you know? Um, that's all I can really say about that at this point. Uh, this one is from CJS. Hey, Schwinn, big fan. Thoughts on our current center spot? If 23 is out, extended time. Trade or what? Thanks. Um, no, I'm not training for a center. I'm definitely not training for a center because fuck that. I want, I force Tibbs, force this motherfucker to have to play weird shit at the five. Do weird Todd, stuff. At the Todd five. Gibson getting the flight as we speak. The trade is coming in. It's going to be Sfee. Todd Gibson in a second. He's There's like, no I need my guys. I need my guys. That, that would never, if they gave up a second to get Sfee look, that would be amazing. Um, let, let a man dream. <laughs> I don't know. Like, no shot. I'm not. I'm not trading for a center. I'm not giving him the. Like, the, you, you know what coaching is? Coaching is when you have to adjust because shit isn't perfect. Your scheme isn't perfect. Mitch helps make your scheme really good, but even within that, Mitch struggles at, with certain things. We've seen him struggle defending stretch five, but he makes that drop coverage that Tibbs wants to run. He makes that work. Well, guess what, Tibbs? You got Hartenstein and Sims now. And you got Randall who can play the five. So figure it out. Not Do something like, different. If like if he doesn't play the next game, they're playing a Necro combo. I'm sorry. Like you can make you can get away with Julius Randall. Capella's back now. Oh, he's back? Yeah, but even then, like, I don't care. Okay, that's, that's, fucking, that's it's click about. Who cares? Yeah, it, that's Tib's problem. But and, no, 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 he is back. He is, he is back. Oh, my bad. Ew. God, they actually won that game? Fuck. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, like you, you can make it work. It's Clay Capella. It's not Giannis. So, yeah, I mean, I don't. I just don't care. Like, if, even if we if we miss extended time, okay, tough shit, dude. Like you did it earlier this year, you can do it again. I have faith, or I don't. Doesn't really matter. I'm making you have to get more out of the guys that you have at your disposal. So sink or swim. Like I love Mitch. I think Mitch is super impactful. I don't say this to diminish how valuable he's been this year. But if you can't figure out a way to stay around where you are four games above 500 without Mitch for a week, two weeks, that's your fucking problem, dude. That, like, that's that's what it is. Um, you have the ability to play a guy like Randall at the five. If you choose not to do that, that's on you. That's on you. That's not on anybody else but you. Um, if you have ostracized players to the point that they're just basically not going to play anymore. That's on you. So um, I'm not doing anything for him regarding the center position. That's his fucking problem to deal with, and he can do it. Um, as far as, like, adding a bench score or something like that, I think they should do that, and I hope they will do that. Regardless of Tibbs, I think they need another guy that can get some buckets off that bench. So 
that's one where, you know, I think the front office has to get that done. Uh, yeah, look, I agree with this. Top 10 in offense and defense yet being in the play and a special work from the great Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, it's it's maddening. Like, they're ninth in offense. They just dropped to left with the defense because of this game. Like, but they've essentially been top five for a month and a half now in both areas. And, like, they are fighting to stay in the play. Like, or to be a high seed in the play. And does he even want to be a high seed in the play? They can't win at home. So, like, it, it makes no sense that you should be in the play. Like, you should not be in the play with, a, with like, a Pythagorean coming out like this. It, it, it's maddening. It's, like, they just dropped the seventh because the Heat won tonight. You should not be in this situation. I'm sorry. Like, you cannot keep blowing games this close. Yeah, I mean, look, they they blew those two games. They blew the Dallas game. They blew the Chicago game. But, like, I think what people are forgetting in their games, like the Toronto game, like, is that on Tibbs? The refs were awful. I don't really put that one on Tibbs. The refs were terrible. But, like, I do think, like, when you have so many margin losses, at some point, like, it might be a coaching thing. You know, like, when you keep blowing double-digit leads. Like, I still can't believe that absurd Cats article. I was like, well, actually you know, everybody's doing it. So it's fine. I'm like, I don't think that's how that works, dude. I don't think like, just cause everybody's blowing double digit leads, but some other Knicks are doing it more than anybody that it's fine. Um, yeah, I just, it's frustrating, man. I, yeah. All right. Jordan Bub. This is why people on fire tibs have valiantly, whatever, uh, is for games like this. Yes, correct. Uh, and with poor rotation, lack of adjustments in game, Tibbs has been bailed out by the fact of Jalen being him and Randall's play. Uh, I'd also say he's been bailed out by the fact that Emmanuel quickly has basically been really good the entire season. Uh, that Quentin Grimes is a pretty special defensive player, shooter, whatever the fuck. And RJ has relatively been pretty efficient. I know he didn't have a great game tonight and his defense right now is a total mess. I don't know what's going on with him. He's like, he doesn't know how to use his body anymore. Um, which only on offense or defense though. I, he just, the lack of physicality he plays on defense is really fucking. I feel, like, I feel like whatever sliders he was using, like he took people with them all to like touch around the rim. And he just took them away from defense. I, I don't understand it. Like I like the way he played defense, his second year in the league, like this guy wasn't like, I mean, like he wasn't like an all NBA defender, but he was legit. Like, like I remember like Kawhi was trying to like post him up and he just went nowhere. Like, where is that guy? Where, like, what happened to him? Did he, like, I don't, that has nothing to do with, oh, well, you know, he's spending so much so much more energy on, on offense or whatever. Like, no, like, he's just not bumping guys at all. There's no physicality. And I don't know. It's, it's kind of shocking. But to get back to that point, like, yeah, I do think, like, tonight is one of the more frustrating Tibbs games. Not even because I think, like, I wouldn't say they lost because of Tibbs. That's kind of ridiculous to say. But, like, the lack of attempting to do anything different is maybe more frustrating than anything where it's like, it's like you, like at no point in that second half did I really think they were going to win the game or had a chance to win the game or come back. Even when it was down to seven, I was just kind of like, yeah, maybe quickly just like goes off for like 20 right now. But other than that, you know, I don't really see it. Like I still don't understand the lack of, quickly playing with Grimes at all. It's so weird. Like, I genuinely don't understand that. He's gone to this thing now where it's like, 
quickly in RJ or Grimes in RJ and like that is what it is and there's barely any quickly Grimes overlap even though those guys are awesome together which is weird um yeah I, I don't know I just <sighs> it's yeah. it's tough yeah that's kind of where I'm at I'm just like there are good players that you can maximize the stacker together and we decide just not to play them I mean, we don't even try, like, I, again, I'm not even saying, like, Deuce has been brutal in a lot of ways, but, like, I think it's kind of weird that we just don't do quickly Deuce Grimes ever now because those guys were actually, like, awesome. Like, early in that eight-game winning streak, those three played a bunch together, and they were fucking awesome together. And it's like, we just don't do that anymore because he's decided that he has to have RJ on the floor with quickly so that they have enough shot creation or something, even though those lineup like... I just, it's all very, very interesting. Uh, all right, let's get this out of the way. Uh, DraftKings maybe should give us a new ad read, but here it goes. Uh, the NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, to kick off the road to Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Uh, Personally, if you're going to bet, I would recommend waiting for some team to get up by 17 or 20 or 27 points and then just putting all that money on the other team's money line because apparently that might pay out or if you want to be conservative, just bet the spread uh, because you would have won a lot of money this past weekend. I certainly experienced that firsthand. That sucked. I never. I hope to never watch a game as stupid as I watched the Bills play against the Dolphins again. I, I watched a pretty good game. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you did. Uh, your team didn't do a lot of stupid things that turned a blowout into a competitive game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, yeah, let's get back into some of these comments. Larry uh, Israel, brutal defensive effort by the starters. RJ makes every player in the league into Jokic with the way he navigates screens. Yeah, his screen navigation is bad. I, think, I still think the bigger issue is like how he's navigating them is his, like he's just not using his body at all. And it's just, fucking bizarre to watch um like kyle kuzma's bigger than you you can probably get away with bumping him a lot dude maybe do that i don't know i thought like the fact i thought quickly and grimes did a better job on on uh on kuzma than he did i thought randall also got burnt by kuzma a few times which was really weird uh like just absolutely roasted and kind of bizarre but like i don't know i, I mean look again i i think back to his sophomore year or sophomore year, second year in the league, and it's like, like I remember this guy was just like he hounded Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal had a fucking nightmare, uh, scoring on RJ, and now it's like, you know, he's just getting into his spots, real pretty easy. It, it's I don't know, it's it's very odd, it's very very odd, and um, he needs to find it. He needs to go somewhere and find it because, like. If he when he has these off scoring nights, you know what did he end up today? 
Was nine twenty-one shots? Yeah, nine to twenty-one. Twenty-one shots, twenty-one points. You're not really bringing much to the table there, bub. And his turnovers were gross. He had that one where he got double teamed, and it just was like, I don't know what the hell he was trying to do there. He just accepted the double team and then just threw it at like Hodge's hand or something. Um, yeah, it's it just it's got to be better. It's got to be better. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Like honestly, the only two guys have got no real slander for tonight are Grimes and, and Quick. I, I I thought everybody else was and Sims. I guess Sims was fine. Sims was good. Uh, everybody else can get fucked to a different degree. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, t- oh yeah, here, uh, here. What do you want? You want this one? Here we go. All right. Yes, JB playmaking has been questionable recently. I've been bringing this up, and I don't think I like. I don't like doing it because I feel like it. It feels like nitpicking a little bit because he's scoring really well for the most part. But like, I I do think he's gone. Look, I, the guy needs to be getting us more than what the fuck was it? it Four assists tonight in 38 minutes. Like, come on, come on. What are we doing here? Yeah, I, I, Brunson's passing is like he's not the best passer in the world, but he's definitely more than what he's shown. Um, the last, I'm gonna say, like a few weeks. Uh, since he really started to like take more usage and like score in the offense, I feel like his passing has just been like atrocious. Like, well, since he came back from um the injury, I gotta just feel like he's been shooting. And, like, it's great for his all-star push. Like, it's fantastic. But at the same time, like, his passing is, like, definitely taken. Like, it's regressed a bit. And it shouldn't be regressing to the fact that his passing was the thing I was high on coming into the season in this new role with um more usage. So it just kind of feels like, why are you only giving us, like, I, and I hate us using assists as, like, the barometer of passing. But, like, why are you only giving four, two, four, like, at least he passed well in like the Washington game, but like a lot of the passes are basically just going to Julius and Julius hitting shots. Like, why are you not like? I haven't seen a lob throw like you said. I haven't seen like kick out like a driving kick, just a simple driving kick that doesn't end up in like seventeen different sauce dribble moves, which are nice to watch. But at the same time, like you can definitely have like a drive to the basket, kick it out to open shooter. If the open shooter doesn't like it, you can reset the play take the shot or then like, or kick it out to someone in the wing. But like, it just kind of feels like he, his first and second look right now is to score. And I get it. Like the team needs his scoring, but also like, I need you to kick out to some shooters. Dude. Yeah. I also, I don't, I, something weird is going, I think RJ's three, I've been watching it recently. It feels like he's not using his legs at all. Like he's not dipping. It's so weird. Like he catches it and he doesn't, he doesn't really jump. He's just kind of like shooting it, like uh, with a little. He t- he jumps like as high as I do, which isn't a good thing. Um, when he's shooting right now, and it's like I don't know, it looks weird. Grimes is shooting well. He has this bad habit of like not setting himself before the catch, which is why some of his bricks are like so bricky. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I, I even with that and with Randall kind of like fight, hitting a little slump here. I agree. I think he needs to be passing more. And like, you know, look, the guy's a great off-ball player, Brunson. That's been like a thing his entire time in the NBA that he's like a good off-ball guard. It seems weird to not leverage any of that stuff. Like, 
you know, you can use Brunson as a fucking screener, man. You know, you can use him in ways that go beyond like the fact that he has a crazy bag and that he's a tremendous three level scorer. It, it's just so bizarre. Like, I don't know. It just feels so un, not even feel it is. It is just extremely uncreative, right? Like that, that that's the reality. It's just very, very uncreative. And, um, you know, maybe that's fine. And I think the Knicks will make the play in any way, especially with Indiana falling off a fucking cliff. Um, Great to see, by the way. Great to see. Yeah, it is great to see. But, yeah, I I don't know. I just – I feel like I'm repeating myself a ton, but I just really don't know what to to say anymore because I feel like I've I've been saying a lot of this stuff for a while. I don't know. Um, This one from Larry Israel. Also weird decision to put RJ on Kuzma when he can't guard him twice. It is weird. At the same time, it's like, do you want him on Kuzma or do you want him on Beal? I don't really have a strong opinion of that because – he didn't do a great job on Beal today either, but he obviously did an even worse job on Kuzma, so what the fuck? Yeah, like, there was no good option for there. Like, he, he was going to bleed points somewhere, which is unfortunate that I have to say that, but, like, yeah. I mean, I think part of this is also, like, I, you can't hide Brunson, right? right? So, like, like, or you have to hide Brunson, rather. So, Brunson has to be on Monty Morris. He can't be on any of those other guys. I mean, I think I think the thing maybe to consider would have been like put RJ on Porzingis and put Randall on Kuzma. That might have been something to try. But you know, there's not really a great option there either way. Yeah, like I don't like the idea of Rand- I mean like I like the idea of Randall guarding Kuzma. I feel like he has the foot speed to keep up with him. But at the same time, like KB's actually been decent in the post this year, which is a weird, weird thing to say. So, like, giving up, like, what's eight inches in height? I don't know how effective that would have been. Um, I mean, he would, he didn't do much of, much of his work out of the post today, though. Sure, like, he was... He was Everything was on the free. perimeter or, like, closing on the perimeter and then driving. I would, I think I trust, I actually, that's like one thing I actually think RJ is pretty good at. If you're just like, you tell him to do this thing, like, hey, you're on Porzingis, just like, you have to close out to him and do that shit. I don't know. I think that would, I would have much rather try that than watch Kuzma fucking light him up again. Um, it's just. Contract here, Kyle Kuzma, that. Contractor Kyle Kuzma, yeah, I mean he's he's definitely balling. Um, yeah, this is a good point. Knicks are one and fourteen after trailing at half the season, but according to Cats, everyone is blowing leads. Why aren't teams blowing leads against us then? I'll, I'll I think this is like actually not an indictment, but a this is a consequence of how you're running your offense. Like they are choosing to play super slow. When you play super slow, you have less possessions. There's less variance. And like they don't have they don't have the possessions to make up these leads. They don't like you need to you need to like steal points, right? Steal possessions, and they don't do that ever. They don't generate turnovers. Uh, they don't play fast. So really, the only way they steal possessions is when they get offense when they're great on the offensive glass, which like they they are great on the offensive glass quite often. 
but that's it. That's really like their only source. They're not a great three-point shooting team this year, as we all know. Um, they also just aren't taking a lot of threes lately. So I don't know what to make of that. I also feel like they're like not taking threes because they've been effective in that two-point range. So like, uh, the shot profile of this team is just so off right now, man. It just, ugh. Like they were seven of twenty-six from three today. Wizards were sixteen of forty-two. You're just—it's really, really hard to make up that. Like, it's really hard. It, it's basically impossible to make up that gap in any yeah. way. Yeah, and the fact that they even cut it to eight is like impressive. Yeah, I mean, the only way to do it would have been to be awesome from the free throw line. For the most part, the Knicks were like, I mean, Randall missed three, but other than that, the only other missed free throws were Mitch. Grimes missed one and Mitch missed four. Like RJ missed one. So you take out the Mitch missed free throws, the Knicks were what eighteen of twenty three from the line. That's not tremendous, but it's not bad. It's fine. That's like yeah, it's like what mid eighties, I think. So eighteen of twenty three. I think that's like seventy eight or something like that. See, oh wow, okay, somebody knows math. Yeah, exactly, seventy eight point three. Um, it's in my blood. Um, it, it's yeah, I, I yeah, the the free throw stuff is whatever. I, I don't know. Again, like I just. It's hard watching some of these games. It's really hard watching some of these teams around the league, and you're just like, it feels like the Knicks don't try anything. Like, they just do what they do, and a lot of times that's enough, but when it's not enough, they don't even try to to change change it up, you know? Um, It's kind of, it's it's rough. And, uh, look, I need, we need, you got to get more, threes from Brunson, two of three. That's not enough. RJ, I don't care. He had four threes. I don't care if he went 0 of 7. Take more threes. Grimes took seven threes in 31 minutes. Like, he, well, he just needs more shots. I, I Like, it should be a fucking... Anytime somebody doesn't pass to Grimes when he's open from three, they should have to pay a $10,000 fine. That should be like an automatic thing on this team. It's a fucking joke. Sometimes I see this guy open. Like Rand- Randall, I don't know what the fuck goes through his head. He'll stare at a guy wide open and then just not. That that one quickly today on the break was insane. I couldn't believe that he that he didn't make that pass. He's fucking looking right at him and then he throws a pass to Jericho Sims. Like, what are you doing, man? And not just that he Br- Brunson had a chance to get that ball, and Br- Randall legit like stole it from him. Like he he took the ball. I was like, no, I'm gonna bring it up. It's it's so frustrating to, to see these sequences from him where you're like, dude, can you just like how, how are you missing that pass? How, how is that possible? I don't know. He, he's just a very bizarre player. Uh, and he had that dunk he missed today was crazy. Oh, God. Why do we suck around the rim? Yeah, I today was just a weird one where everybody sucked around the rim, but like. Like, we were gassed. We just sucked it on the rim. We couldn't hit shit. Like, no real analysis. I just kind of like, when you're, when you're in a vibes offense and the vibes aren't good, like, that's what you get. Um, yeah. Uh, do we get even get Deuce Grimes IQ minutes anymore? No. No, we don't. We never do that anymore. Um, Tibbs will never... Tibbs does what Tibbs does, and he decides what he thinks works based on his own feelings. And often his own feelings are not in line with the numbers. And that is what it is. So the Knicks have to deal with that. 
and uh, hopefully they do because I I feel like a broken record at this point in the season where it's like I've been I feel like I've been saying the same exact thing on like the last 15 podcasts I've done where it's like yeah Knicks need to pass more yeah be nice if the Knicks tried more things like again I I would be completely fine even just trying Obi at the three at this point like if you're just try something try some shit if you're gonna only play what is it basically eight guys now it was eight right I mean effectively with with Mitch out tonight it was eight because Hardenstein barely played like just try some fucking shit. It, it it actually cannot be worse than some of the other lineups you're putting out there. So just try it. See what happens. What's the worst? That, like, what's going to happen? Oh, you're going to fucking suck for a couple minutes on the floor? Oh, no. That would be terrible because we never do that. Um, not in any way an excuse, but definitely felt like a classic look-ahead game with Atlanta on Friday. I'm not sure if I agree with that. I didn't think they looked checked out. I thought they, they started the game sluggish. Maybe lack of focus, maybe tiredness, whatever. But I, I thought they were trying throughout most of the game. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think they were trying. They were just looked, they just looked exhausted. Like shots were coming up short, and I think once the shots coming started coming up short, and then Washington really stopped to that lead. At that point, they were just kind of like, "Oh, we're done." Yeah, I mean, I thought I think. Look, I, I know quickly played thirty-two minutes tonight. I think there's got to be like a conversation at a certain point, right? Because there's a conversation we had about, there's a very obvious conversation we had. And that conversation is not one that I think a lot of Knicks fans want to have. Um, and I don't think this needs to be like a, you, you, oh, he has to be traded or whatever the fuck it is. But like, that quickly Grimes look, I think it's better with Brunson. <laughs> I think it's better. I've been, I mean, I've thought that for a while, but like, I mean, if you're going to use RJ the way they're using him, it almost makes sense to like use him as the bench guy. Yep. But yep. they won't, he, they will they, never do it. They'll never do it, but at the same time, the idea of like having Rando DHO the quickly, DHO the uh, drives, get him more involved as a passer, those guys have better triggers and they're able to shoot and they're better shooters. Their defense is better straight up because quickly. Well, I think that's the big thing. Like, yeah. if you're going to just have. Brunson and Randall do all of these, do most of the heavy lifting in that lineup. I mean, th- then, then yeah, like then I'd rather have the better defensive players, who are also better, more versatile shooters, right? They're and better ball handlers, I would argue. Well, except for guys, but like, I would better, I'd argue, quickly is a better ball handler. I mean, I, it's weird. I think RJ is a pretty okay ball handler. Like, it's not obviously exciting in any way, shape, or form. Um, I'd argue IQ is smarter. I think IQ is just a better, like, if an advantage is created, he's better at making a quick decision out of it. Processor? Yeah. I mean, not not even. I just, RJ is just like, like, even when he sees an opening, it's it's very methodical, right? He's not just going to like, like, you see Grimes, right? Where you catch the ball and he's like, instantly at the rim. Like, RJ is never like that. He's like, he's going to like, take his time, get there. And that's fine. But like, if you're... If you've already got two guys that are stopping the ball a lot with Randall and, and Brunson, that third guy, I think you, you would like him to be more of an instinctive, quick decision maker. And that's more Grimes and quickly than it is RJ. Like, And this is kind of like why I've not understood why people are like, oh my God, let's get OG and Obi. And I'm like, 
like sure, he's great on defense, fine. But OG Ananobi does nothing offensively for processing. Like he can't pass. He's also like maybe slower than RJ in making decisions. He is. He like he'll catch the ball and it's like I am going to shoot. Give me three minutes. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I love OG Ananobi. He makes no sense on this team. Like not only for the assets he'd cost, but like him replacing RJ Barrett just gives you less playmaking, less creation for a team that already lacks playmaking creation. It makes no sense. Um, not to mention Grimes is good. Why do you want to bench Grimes? Yeah, you can't bench. Yeah, that's what that's the part that it, like people are like, well, Grimes going to the bench, and I'm like, that makes no sense. And then like you're gonna have RJ at the two and OG at the three. Like, dude, can we? Can we please like not try to get slower as a team? Like, is that okay? Can we can we actually try to get faster, improve our team speed? That would be nice. Um, feel like a lot of fans are confusing running through RJ with RJ ISO. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't I guess I'm not sure what you mean by that in terms of like is it that fans want us to like do fans want they think running the ball, running the offense through RJ needs to be an RJ ISO, or are you saying that like they? I'm not. Sure, I guess I'm not sure exactly what that means, but I'll tell you this: I don't love the RJ ISO stuff. I like RJ getting shot creation reps, reps, but like I, I would much prefer if it's like okay, I when he's in with IQ, especially IQ runs a pick and roll, gets in the paint, driving kick, whatever, and then RJ gets to attack on a second side. Like I'm, I like that. I love that. Or you, or you have RJ run a weak side two man game. Whatever the fuck you, or post him up. Shit, I would have loved to see some post ups. I generally think like I think he's actually gotten a lot better at the post this year. Um, probably because his floater is like not the worst thing in the entire NBA. So that usually helps. But like, yeah, I. All right, here, here, you explain this further. I'm saying that it seems we're getting a lot of RJ ISO and people are confusing that for RJ playmaking. Yeah, I agree. I don't think these are like, I mean, if they are supposed to be for him to make reads, they just seem really stagnant and not really great for that. Like, look, I usually kill RJ for not passing enough. I was like, some of those plays today, he didn't have a pass. Like he just didn't have one. It's just, he either had to get a shot up or he'd have to throw it out over like somebody's head and they'd have to reset the entire possession. It's not like he was passing up open shooters on the outside. So yeah, I mean, that's again, I don't want to do the, this is a system. Like we know we're like, we've all made this point. So um, RJ has just got to find a way to be better consistently on offense. Though I think he actually has made a lot of strides in that sense, but like, yeah, I think there's definitely uh, something to be said of like, Hey, look, what, do we really want on those two wing positions next to uh, Brunson and, and Randall. And I think the bigger thing to be said is like there, I think there are coaches that could get those three guys to work more optimally, but better, but it does feel a bit interesting that like the best version of this team under Tibbs, like the best lineups often only feature two. Um, there's, there's something there to be, you know, I don't know if people want to have that conversation because most of the people that don't want to have that conversation think Tibbs is doing yeoman's work. Um, but, <laughs> but I, I just think 
there's a better there's a better way to use those three guys together than we do. It's just a lot of like they had a possession today. I think it was the, maybe the first possession or the second possession of the of the third quarter where it was like Brunson dribbled the ball up, did some ISO, didn't go anywhere. He swung it to Randall. Randall did like a couple of crossovers that went nowhere. Then he pitched it to RJ and RJ tried to ISO on Kuzma. And it was just like, what is this game plan coming out of fucking halftime? It's like, what, what, you, what did you guys talk about at halftime? Did you talk at halftime? Uh, maybe not. He said cook. And that was it. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> it's, it's something, man. The Knicks offense certainly is something. Um, it's an offense in the NBA. That's for, that's for sure. It, but it's, it's top very, ten. It's top ten. That's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. One of the things I was thinking about is like if you look at the lowest, the top, the bottom ten assist teams in the league by like assist per hundred possessions, mostly bad teams. But Dallas is also in there, which I think is interesting. Um, not because Dallas is amazing or anything, but like they run a pretty good offense. They get a lot of threes. But, like, they are playing five out, right, most of the time. And I think you can get away with a low assist offense if you play five out more because you're creating better natural, like, there's but more space, right? So, like, RJ, Randall, Brunson, all these guys have more space to attack the rim. Um, but you're not, like, the Knicks don't do that, obviously. They play with the traditional center most of the time. So it, it's always just going to be kind of ugly if... I think given those three guys, what they are, and if you want to play them with the traditional rim running drop center, like that's just, I don't know really how you're going to create like a beautiful flowing offense. And if anybody wants to say that's on the front office, like get the fuck out of here. Like Tib, that, no, that's, that's, they, they got Tibbs the big that he wanted. He wanted them to keep Mitch. They kept Mitch. So it's on him to make it all work. Um, if he can't, that's, that's his fucking deal. The, the bait, the bait that they wanted was Taj Gibson. It was always Taj Gibson. Uh, no, I think it's this guy. KP on reaction from MSG crowd. Thanks, Larry Israel. It was better, less booing. Think some fans are maybe easing up. KP again admonished himself for dumb tweets after NYK trade. He so wants to come back. I agree. Well, I, I, think he, I think he does want to come back. And I, I think he wants to come back. He could. I think he could opt out the season, but I'm good. I'm okay. I don't know. And I I still think a guy like that adds a lot. So if you've got Randall and RJ and Brunson, uh, I mean, and you're going to play this drop scheme, and he's basically like the only guy in the league that gives you five-out spacing and can play drop. Is there anybody else? Turner. Okay, but guys that like we actually believe are good shooters. Okay, fair. I mean, can we believe KP is a pitch? I mean, is it's uh, just him, right? Is there? There's really nobody else. Brooke, Brooke, Brooke. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I still trust KP shooting more than Brooke shooting. I don't trust KP's health. That's the only thing. I, I mean, it's not the. It's not. It's a concerning thing. But like, I mean, I don't know. He's been relatively healthy now. This is the second year now. He's been pretty healthy. Uh, he missed. Uh, he played. 51 games last year, so. He was he missed a bunch of time in, in Washington, though, right? He missed a bunch of time in Dallas and in Washington. I think it's like a point where like he got hurt early in Dallas and then like he missed time. The, the, the he, he got traded when he was injured. 
the Washington stuff is so weird, though. Like, because they were clearly just tanking. So he missed what? One, two. One, no, two. No, I remember, like, he got traded from Dallas to Washington and he was hurt. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still, like, if you could get him and keep Mitch, that is something to consider. Uh, I just, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if I can get behind the idea of forcing this. Like, I get what you're saying, but I also am just, like, not confident. I mean, I'm not confident. It's definitely a huge risk. I just think, like, you know. And the contract would need to be favorable. My thing is, like, there's basically nobody else in the NBA who, like, gives you those two things, which are literally, I don't even know how you would defend a team if, like, You've got JB running pick and pop with Porzingis, and then you've got to honor that five out spacing. Like, what do you even do with Randall and RJ and Brunson? Shit, even Grimes. Grimes is showing you can get to the rim pretty well and finish too. I don't like. What do you even do with that? I don't know. I have no clue. Like, I think my thing is like, what is KP if he's only getting like eleven shots a game? I don't know. What's his usage right now? His usage right now is uh, he's at twenty seven point three. Like, do you want? Yeah, to that's definitely it? the concern. That's yeah, concern. like, do you want to do you essentially want to drop him to like rookie or usage? Well, you'd basically want him to be what he, what Dallas wanted him to be, and he was not happy in Dallas. So. Yeah, so like, so like you thought it was bad with Luca. Do you want it to be a situation where like he's playing with Brunson, who is basically mini Luca in terms of like usage and like how he's utilized in the court, and then you have like RJ who wants the ball as well, Randall who wants the ball as well. Well, I think if, if you do it, you'd probably have to trade RJ, right? That's like the only way it actually makes sense. At no, least I because mean, you want, like, if you, you're right, like if you trade for Porzingis, a much of his value is intrinsically like about him doing more than just just defense and threes, right? Like he. he you want to his value is tied to like him creating. I do like I am pretty impressed. He's definitely improved as a passer. That's for sure. Um, even though his numbers aren't high, he's definitely a better passer. I also just think he's better at like when he gets the ball at the top of the key, not just shooting, but actually being able to like put the ball on the deck and do shit. Yeah, he he seems more comfortable taking two dribbles to get to the paint, which is nice. For him. Yeah. Like, for him, like, two dribbles was a big improvement because <laughs> he was not doing that. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough. Like, the KP thing is always so weird because ultimately, I, the only way I would do I would, like, have to see his medicals. I would need, like, full access to all of his medical information. I, I like, I wouldn't, it would I not would be... I would need like a blood oath to make sure that he doesn't get injured <laughs> for like at least three years of that contract. Like I need some sort of like spiritual warfare. Um, yeah. After you get after Reggie Bullock is on the lake. You know what? True. Dude, Reggie Bullock attacked a closeout at the end of that game. I don't know. He was open from three. Like he he pump faked on a three. Then he attacked the closeout and got absolutely fucking stuffed by John Collins at the rim. Because he has no vert at all. <laughs> I, 
I thought that report was insane. I think that report is stupid. I don't think that I think they're. I don't buy it. Like I think they want. I would assume that they like. Okay, that's probably tip stalking. First of all, um, that's one hundred percent tip stalking. I don't know how he's talking to Mark Stein, but he is. I would not be surprised if Dallas is a suitor though. But I don't think it makes sense to trade him to Dallas because I think Pops in Dallas and you look stupid, and you have their pick. Well. One, I don't think he's going to pop. I think he's like a secret tanking sabotage weapon for us to send there. Um, but more importantly, like the way I read that, because the first paragraph of that entire little blurb on Reddish was the Knicks wants, you know, second round compensation for him. And then it's like, oh, but they're they're angling for Tibbs' favorite Reggie Bullock. I, I think the Tibbs' favorite thing is a little... I don't want to say it's it's a bullshit angle. I think it's like tongue in cheek. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's the point. If the Knicks want Bullock or they're I think it's because the contract is useful. The way I took it is like maybe they'd want Bullock, but if you just look at the salary, it doesn't work. If you trade Bullock for Reddish doesn't work trade up. You know what does work? Like, what does work is if you traded Reddish to the Mavericks, and then you trade Bullock to the Rockets, and then you trade Rose to the Rockets, and you trade Eric Gordon to the Knicks, and the Rockets send there's some other bullshit. They have like a three million. Uh, it's some loser they have signed for like three million dollars. You send that guy to to Dallas, and that all works out great. That all works. I think that might be it. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. I I did the math. It works. Um, I think it was like, either, it might be Boban. I don't think they can re... Boban. They can trade, trade Boban. But no, they can't reacquire Boban, but they can trade Boban. Yeah, it's... I forget who it is. I'll look it up right now. It's, this is actually really annoying me. Um, it's... Uh, they have Boban. They have Harkless. They have... Harkless. That's who it is. Harkless. What's the Nick? Oh, the Nick? Yeah, but Har- Harkless goes so. Da- so Dallas will get Reddish and Harkless. Knicks get Eric Gordon. Rockets get the second round picks from Dallas, plus Bullock, who's expiring basically, and and uh, whatever else. Rose is expiring. They actually save some money on that deal, and they get second round picks, which like they suck. They want draft capital. It makes sense. I feel like you just trade. You could just trade for Eric Gordon straight up. So, like, I don't really see an avenue there. But do they want the guys we have? I I think they might want the vets, though. I I think like legitimately they want they want. I can see the like the Rockets wanting Cam Reddish and um, Derek Rose. Maybe. I, I mean, see, I like you could take a gamble on Reddish. Reddish goes to a place where like he could get shots up, and. Rose is there to like play point guard because Kevin Porter Jr. cannot play point guard for that team. And it doesn't matter anyway because Derek Rose could be expiring. So like and maybe if they just want to buy him out, they could buy him out and then he could ring chase. Like I can see either or. Yeah, I mean if they buy out Rose, I mean I'm assuming if you I, I think anywhere Rose gets traded is actually just gonna be like a buyout situation. Um so yeah, I don't really like, care about that. That reporter, like, they want to trade it to contender. That's like trying to fish some kind of value for him, but like, he's not going to get value. Right. So I, I think I would do that. I mean, I, I would do any trade 
where the Knicks effectively just get a player for contracts, even if they have to give up a couple second round picks, that's fine to me. Um, yeah, like I would give up like a couple second round picks for Eric Gordon. That's okay. Yeah, and maybe they just want. Maybe they would just prefer to have Reddish. Who the fuck knows? Um, I can honestly see them wanting Reddish. The only thing is, they want max cap space. I think because they think they that Harden would come back there, which is hilarious because Harden is definitely not going to go back there. Um, Dude, I think I still think you could sign. Um, you could probably still sign uh, Cam, even if you were like rescinded his cap hold, like because yeah, they have I mean, so little salary in the books. I don't, I don't really like give a shit about Eric Gordon that much, but like, I just want somebody else on this team that can score the ball off the bench. Like, I just, if I have to watch quickly out there with Deuce and just like stare at him and be like, bro, can you give me the ball now? Like, can I, can, can I do this now? Because you can't. Um, like, what, he had 18 tonight. He's had double digits off the bench now for what, four games in a row. Like, He's the only guy giving you something off that bench. They got to get something else from there. Uh, if they're not going to bother to try and use Obi, the best way to do that is to upgrade on the do spot. And Eric Gordon would achieve that, even if he's not my favorite player stylistically in the entire world. Are there better options? Maybe. I'm open to hear who they are. But they got to do something. They just Shane not- Crowder. <laughs> I mean, that's who Tibbs wants Obi to be. Like, it's it's so obvious. That's what he's like. It's like, no, no, just stand in the corner. Yeah, stand in the corner, and and we'll get you the ball when we think you're you're ready for it. It's like, dude, he's like, can he move? No, nope. Just stand in the corner. Okay. Uh, that first boss man, like, it'd be great. Boss. Ninety nine. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is better than Gordon. I agree yeah, but I, I agree he's better than Gordon, but it's also a situation where, like, do you want to trade the Bucks pick and then extend it for $22 million, which I would do that, but I don't know if the Knicks want to do that. I would do that, too, just because I think that he actually retains value. Like, I think he's a pretty easy guy to trade, actually. He he, he retains value, and if you're trying to ta- if you're trying to trade for a star, then, like, building up, you could legitimately build back on Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, I'm just looking at his numbers for the year. So he's like, at... Thirty-six percent from three this year, which is a career low. I'm not counting his first year when he played 15 games, um, but like he, he's like he's he's a 38 percent three-point shooter. You know, he's a 38, 40 percent guy probably. I'm not worried about the three ball. He's not somebody. I'm like, what if he can't ever shoot again or something? Like, no, he's gonna shoot. He'll be fine. And he's also had, I think, he's this career high for like true shooting for him as well, or like not career high, but like second uh, second high. But, yeah. like, I think you could sell a team on the idea of, like, if his three-ball pops up to, like, 40%, then he's, like, that's holding PPG scorer who doesn't turn the ball over. Like, you could sell your, you could probably sell yourself about him being, like, oh, he's the next lower marketer. And I do think a lot of teams might be going that route where it's, like, oh, he might be the next, um, looking for the next glory. So. Yeah, I, I would do I mean, I would I would do it. I just don't think the Knicks would. Um... Ah. Uh, we've heard we heard they had interest. Now it, it was like a passing comment though from like Jake. Fear, fear, but like I, I look, I would do it. I, I like, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great player. I don't think, I don't think the Laurie Markin and leap is going to happen for him. But like, he's what 23? 24? twenty three, twenty four. Just turned twenty four today. Happy birthday, Gary Trenchard. Yeah, 
Happy birthday. Uh, he's 24. He has a quick trigger, which I think they need. They need they need a guy like this. A guy that's just like, oh, I'm open. I'm going to shoot it. I don't care if I'm on the floor with like five, like three other all-stars. I'm open, so I will shoot it. Like they need a guy like that. I think he gives you value that I think he's actually also like decent at attacking the rim off closeouts. He doesn't do it enough, but like he's actually okay at it that you have to honor it a little bit, which I think is nice. Um, He's shooting a career best 72.7% at the rim this year. He's actually getting there at his career high best Uh, 12% of his shots at the rim, not a high number, but still that's a, that's a nice bump. He's got, um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't see the Knicks doing it because I think they might want to be a cap space team in like 2024, 2025. But I also, I, I also, I don't care about that. I just feel like that's such a weird position to have. And like, I don't really believe that unloading Gary Trent Jr. would be that hard if you need to. I agree. I don't. I think it's just going to be hard to like sell sell me them being a cap space team, and I do think the character Jr. has enough value to where like if you wanted to trade him, you could definitely get like a first round pick back if you wanted it. So, yeah, yeah. Oh man! All right, this was fun. I think this is a good time to call it. Tyrese, thanks for uh, letting me co-host this with you. Anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh, no. Just, I want to plug uh, good offense. I want to plug um, the Strickland. That's it. Uh, just good offense and the Strickland. Because we are, nice. we are, we are fans of good offense and good process. That would be nice. I agree. It would be nice. Um, the Knicks are sorry. Uh, the next play, the he, the Hawks on Friday, which uh, should be fun, I guess. Uh, by the way, Manuel quickly up to fifty four point nine true shooting this year in forty six games. Fifty. They, they thought he was washed. They thought it was over. Washed king. Washed king. Um, yeah, he's he's. It's kind of funny to see him become this like two point expert now um i don't know how we got here but but we did it we did do hard it. work termination in the blood of christ well that that's that's definitely what he would tell you that's <laughs> for sure. all right that is our pod for today uh i have nothing to plug i'm just gonna plug all the work at the strickland all the pods all that shit uh check it all out hope everybody has a great night and uh me and prez are recording pod strickland tomorrow morning so um Maybe that'll be up for the end of the day tomorrow. All right, that's it. Everybody have a good one. Take care. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.